because you didn't put yourself in a timeout. You know, some of you, you had timeouts growing up, and mama put you in a timeout. I, I remember, you know, my mom tried a lot of things. I was a knucklehead. She, you know, she spanked me, and, uh, you know, first she gave me a gift, and it was this wooden paddle that had this, like, string, like a bouncy string, and a little rubber ball in the end, and you would just kind of play with it. But somehow that ball and string got away, and she used it to try to correct me. So I, I hid that toy very fast. And then there were times that when she put me in a timeout, she'd put me in a corner. I don't, I don't know if anybody of you ever been put in a corner when you were a kid, but you'd stand there in the corner, and you're just like, you're not moving. It's like, what are you trying to teach me? But there are times that you sat in that corner, stood in that corner, and you have forgot about what you did wrong to get you in that corner. So some of you need to put yourself in a corner because if you put yourself in a corner long enough, you'll forget about why you were so angry and you can get from this degree and you can bring it down and you can learn to become a peacemaker. I want to learn to be a peacemaker because I know there are times, 23 years, that I've been together with my girlfriend that I have annoyed the fire out of her. I mean it. I mean, I, I try my best, and you got to pray for pastor, because sometimes I just like to push buttons, and, and she gets so annoyed and so angry, and, and uh, she lets me know, and I, I say, babe, I'm so sorry. I will not do that again, and I find myself back there, and so I'm trying to be better, and she's a great peacemaker and so it's called work, and I thank God for her. I love her. She's incredible, and uh, I do need to learn to be a peacemaker because you are the best thing that ever happened to me, save Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalms 34, 14 says this. Here's how to become a great peacemaker. Learn and adopt Psalms 34, 14. Depart from evil. <laughs> And do good. Seek peace and pursue it. There's a lot of stuff right there. Number one, depart from the stuff that gets you in trouble. Depart from your evil ways, your annoying habits, and guess what? Do good. If we would learn just those two things, Life would be so much easier if you would learn to part from evil and just do good. Because there is that law of the harvest like we talked about earlier. When you do good, guess what? Good comes back to you. You plant the right seed. You plant, plant the right stuff and you're doing it good. It's coming back to you. I have learned that if I will do my best and try my best to make her happy, and please her. Guess what? Life becomes good. <laughs> it's all good when I start learning to become good. And then seek peace and pursue it. So if you want to have a good relation with people, here's what you need to do. Plan a peace conference. Pursue it. Say, you know what? 
Now, we, we have learned, and, and, and I've, I've told a lot of you about this, is that we have learned to fight. And fighting's not bad, but you've got to learn to fight fair. Right? Some of you don't fight fair. There, there was a, 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 um, a couple that was together, and she would always take off the ring. And she'd say, I'm not putting this back on until you straighten up. Well, that's not fair because you're telling your spouse, hey, divorce may be an option. Divorce is not an option. You've got to be able to fight fair. And we have learned some work and learned some steps. And I try my best because when she, likes to, when she gets mad, she likes to talk. When I get mad, I get quiet. And, but she has allowed me to put myself in a timeout. <laughs> she has allowed me to put my nose in the corner. And then she has allowed me to come back and then we talk about it. And things start becoming better because we have learned to establish a peace conference. Right? Think of the, pro- the person that you have a problem with and sit down with them. We know about nations having peace conferences. I want you to plan a peace conference. Uh, Luke, uh, look, look what Matthew says in chapter 5. It says, if you remember that your brother has something against you, go at once. Go at once to make peace. That's how you plan a peace conference. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says this, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Do you realize that? Live in peace. If you'll try your best, and you've you've got to be intentional about it. If you'll try your best to live in peace, guess what? The God of love and the God of peace shall be with you. In Zechariah say it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, saith the Lord. See, you, you can't do this by yourself. But if you'll try your best and you try your best to live in peace, the God of peace shows up. That's where the word of God says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. There's a lot of people that, that misquote that scripture. You know, they got three people in the building, they're like, bless God, we could have church. We're two or three to gather together in my... Well, that wasn't talking about that. It was talking about an argument. Talking about a disagreement. And, and, and you try to bring two or three people together. And, and, and they can't get it. God says, when you try your best to live in peace, then I will come in and be with you. Because you can't do this by yourself. So number one, How to have a peace conference. Take initiative. God's word says go at once. You see whether we are offended or the offender as believers when we know there's an offense, we should initiate peace regardless of who started it and whose fault it was. For the bottom line is this. They may not deserve it, but you do. They may not deserve to be forgiven, 
but you deserve to walk in forgiveness. Because the moment you don't forgive and the moment you harbor that offense, guess what sets in? Bitterness. And now when you walk in the room and you see that guy, you're like, mm hmm, I know what you did. I know what you said. You know, and, and, and you just have that tension there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And guess what? Guess what I've allowed? I've allowed him to put me in my own prison cell of bitterness and offense. And many people stop coming to church because they have ought against a brother or a sister. They may not deserve to be forgiven, but you deserve to be free. You deserve to live. I told my grandfather years ago when he was talking about heaven, he's like, what can I do to go to heaven? Grandma is just about ready to pass. She's in the hospice room. And my grandfather asked me the question, what can I do to go to heaven? And I said, Grandpa, you got to forgive your oldest son. You haven't talked to them for two years. And I started talking about the power of forgiveness. And I said, he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. And tears were just streaming down Grandpa's face. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was about a 10, 15 minute forgiveness uh, lesson. And I sat down and, 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 and I sat in the corner. Uh, he didn't put me in the corner. I wasn't bad. But I sat in the corner of the room. And, and as we finished, his oldest son walks in the room. It was like God orchestrated that. It's like God allowed me to tee it up for my grandfather. Because my uncle walks in and guess what you felt? Tension. You felt that offense because it's ugly. It's a spirit. And some of you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been offended or someone's ever done you wrong and, 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 or, and someone said things about you and you walk in that environment, you don't feel clean. And so I felt that because it's a spirit. I felt that spirit walk in the room. And he never acknowledged his 85-year-old dad. Two years, mama's in hospice, never said, Dad, I'm sorry. He just paid his respect, turned and getting ready to walk out the room. And an 85-year-old man that really had nothing to be sorry for decided, I'm going to shake loose from the shackles and the bondage of offense. And he stood up and said, Keith, I forgive you. And that hell's angel, biker looking dude, I mean his beard was scraggly, missing a few teeth. When he heard dad say, I'm sorry, then all of a sudden he turned around, started sobbing, said, Daddy, I am so sorry. And they just had an incredible moment because somebody took initiative. Somebody made up their mind. I am going to be free. How dare we think that just because we come to church and we sing our songs and we clap our hands and we come down to the front and we pray. How dare we do that when we know there's a brother or a sister that we've done wrong and we've got ought in our spirit 
The Lord said, hey, stop praying. Could you imagine? I mean, we're, we're trying to promote prayer. We're, we're, try, we're trying to promote worship. We're trying to promote people to run and shout. And Jesus said, hey, stop it. Go make it right. Because if you don't go make it right, that's a dirty worship there. And I don't take defiled praise because you're here with the wrong spirit. And if you don't get it right, it's going to be a cancer inside of you. And it's going to destroy you and your lineage and your seed to follow. He said, leave thy gift at the altar and go make it right. That's the word of God. It's not the easiest thing. I remember preaching a lesson or teaching a lesson and, and Bethany had brought uh, somebody here, and I forget his name, uh, but after the service, because I was talking about forgiveness, and, and after the service he was like, Pastor, I, I have loved your message. I said, thank you. And he goes, well, I just didn't agree with it. I said, well, how could you love it and not agree with it? He's like, well, you know, this forgiveness stuff, you can't forget it. I said, if you don't forget it, you don't forgive. You've got to learn to let it go. Now, when I say forget it, I'm not saying it'll ever go away, but I'm saying when you see them, you no longer see that offense. And you no longer feel filthy, but you feel clean. You said, I've done my part. I've done my due diligence. Can I tell you when it's tough to apologize? When you start to apologize... For something, you were never wrong. They were. And you start to apologize. And all of a sudden, they start bringing it back up. And you're wanting to take that apology back. That's when love's got to kick in. That's when that peace planning conference has got to kick in. That I've got to pursue it. I've got to run after it. Despite what they're going to say, I've come for one reason, and that reason is to make it right. Can I just tell you that when you ask for forgiveness, the ball's in their court now. It really doesn't matter how they respond to it. What matters is you let it go. It no longer controls me. It's up to them to pick it up. Because we deserve to be free. And we got to work hard at it. Trying to live in peace, it's not easy. My wife can attest to that. 23 years of annoying husband. It's work. Hebrews 4.12 in the Good News translation, it says, try to live in peace with everyone. Work hard at it. Let me ask you a question. Try to live in peace. How many of you know one person it's hard to have peace with? Think of that crazy uncle. Crazy co-worker. How many of you know one person where it's hard to live in peace with? Because it's not always to do it. But we must. We must work hard. Because Hebrews 12, 
14 says this, follow peace with what? All the people that go to my church. Follow peace with everybody that likes me. No. Follow peace with all men. See, a lot of us like to jump on holiness. Holiness. We're a holiness believer. Well, thank God for holiness. But you can't have real holiness if you can't learn to have peace. Those sleeve lengths, those dress lengths, they mean nothing if you can't live in peace. You've got to learn to follow after peace. Because if you don't follow after peace, guess what? You're not going to see the Lord. You say, Pastor, that's harsh. That's the word of God. You've you got to get the heart right. See, we can fool a lot of people. We come to church. We know how to go through the Pentecostal calisthenics. We know how to clap our hands. We know how to shout. We know how to run the aisles. We know, Brother Hector, good to see you singing tonight. We know how to sing. We grab a mic. Yeah, it's all right. Try to throw some peace out there, Brother Hector. But we know how to do the right stuff. But God doesn't look as man looks. He looks at the heart. He looks at the spirit. That's why he looked at the Pharisees and Sadducees and he never condemned them for what they did. He condemned them for how they did it. He said, within, you're full of dead men's bones and all corruption. I'm praying God created me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I know I did not deserve to be forgiven, but God, you forgave me, and therefore I ought to forgive one another. I had somebody ask me a question. They, they said, Pastor, how many times do I have to forgive my spouse? Real question. I was like, I didn't learn this in Bible college. I said, how many times did God forgive you? And the Lord said 70 times 7 in a day. I mean, just so many you can't even think about it. But if God can forgive you, you ought to forgive one another. You, you need to take a trip down memory lane where you were before God found you. The junk, the mire that you were in, all the lies, all the yeah, stuff you were involved in, and yet God forgave you. And if he can forgive you, you ought to forgive one another. Can I tell you another way to uh, learn and, 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 and be a peacemaker? You need to empathize with their feelings. You've got to understand them. 1 Peter 3.8 says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful and be courteous. 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge and give honor unto thy wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Romans 5, 15, 2 says, Let every one of us 
Please his neighbor, for it is good to edification. Philippians 2, 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Romans 15, 1 says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. I learned at an early time in our life where my wife was insecure in some areas. And so I could have increased those insecurities. But I made up my mind that I was going to do my best to have a good relationship with her. And so when those insecure moments happened, I tried my best to elevate her and to make her secure. No doubt in my insecure moments, she did the same thing for me. We've got to learn that we've got to help one another and edify one another. We live in a society that they think the way to the top is to step on people. But God says the way to the top is to elevate others. Didn't he say the ones that are the greatest in the kingdom are the servant to all? Well, I ain't going to be nobody's servant. Well, you ain't going to make it. Well, I, I, I just want to be pleased. I just want to be taken care of. Well, that's how the rich man thought. So you, you read the story of the rich man. What was his problem? Did he drink? Did he steal? Did he murder? What was the rich man's folly? He never had compassion on Lazarus. He never loved on Lazarus. He never empathized with Lazarus. He was just always annoyed that that beggar was at my doorstep. And he's never going to get any kind of crumbs from my table. And yet there came a day when we find that they both died. And the rich man, the Bible says, in hell, he lifted up his voice. Bible says being in torment. Some have asked, Pastor, what happens when you die? I don't know. But I do know where the rich man is right now. He's in a place I never want to be. Because the rich man said, hey, can you just send Lazarus that he may just dip his finger in water one little drop to cool my tongue. And Abraham said, hey, you never took care of him. Why do you think we're going to take care of you? Doesn't the word of God say something like, you'll be known as my disciples is that you have love one to another. What our world desperately needs is love. 
We have got to be the church. The church that will stand up in the face of evil, in the face of a perverted and twisted world with all their crazy hidden agendas. And we've got to be people of faith that's not going to stand up there with a big old billy club hitting people on the head. We've got to be men and women that will know how to pray and know how to give mercy and know how to give love and know how to tell them about a God that forgave you and that a God can forgive them. We've got to show them the way. We've got to put ourselves in their shoes. And we got to listen to them. Can I tell you, when you learn about others having conflict with you, and you just really sit down and say, you know what? I don't know if you've ever done this before. I have. But I have said, you know what? I want to listen to you without lecturing you. I, I, I want to listen to you without trying to tell you my side of the story. I'm going to just zip it up and I want to ask you a question. How did I hurt you? How did, how did I offend you? What did I do for all this junk? And once you ask that question, you've got to just, and listen. Because if you will listen, you will learn some things. It's not what you said, but it was your body language. You said you loved me, but you rolled your eyes. You said you wanted to help me, but you never did. You just said, hey, praying for you. Facebook's crazy sometimes. You got needs and you got all these crazy people that you know that they don't pray. You say, well, Pastor, you're judging. No, I just, Bible says you shall know them by the fruits they bear. They post things and say things. You're like, oh, my goodness, delete, block. <laughs> but all of a sudden you see in a post somehow praying for you. I don't want your prayers. <laughs> we got to be more than just saying, I'm going to pray for you and just pray for them now. I remember, I've got a lot more, but I'm, I'm going to stop here. So much more. But I remember, we were in Carl's Jr. getting ready to have a burger. And um, Carl's Jr. is expensive now. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but it's crazy. I went there the other day and just a burger for me and my boy, and it was like 25 bucks. It's like, man, I'm going to go to In-N-Out. It's cheaper at In-N-Out. It's better. But I was at Carl's Jr. That's right. I was at Carl's Jr. and there was a guy I had already ordered and I went back to my table and he said, Pastor, it's been a while since I've been to church. I've, I've moved off. I think he said he moved to Oregon or whatever. And he said, I just... I need you to pray for me. And I'm like, all right. I said, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. And he's like, here? <laughs> it's like everybody's around us. I said, you bet, here. We, we, we've got to somehow, 
understand and treat this like, because I'm telling you, we've got a space of time left where God is coming back. And we've got to really take some inventory within our lives to say, God, is there anybody in my life that maybe I've offended? Maybe, maybe I have ought against them or, or they have ought against me? Because if you'll be honest with yourself, there could be names that come by. Could become a family member that you haven't talked to in a while. And it could be that God has said, you know what? Before you can experience the true peace, the God of peace, you got to learn to live in peace. And you got to do good. And you've got to activate it. And God is saying, stop praying here. Leave the gift here. And go make some things right. Because if you'll do that, you release some stuff. And God begins to move. As I prayed for that guy, Brooke, you can come. As I prayed for that guy, and he had his hands raised, it was quick. Tears started to stream down his face. And I felt the power of God. And what happened was now, I could care less about my burger and fries. And you know how pastor liked burger and fries. I didn't care about those things. What I cared about is heaven right now was coming down and touching his life. Can I tell you, that's what God wants to do for you. God wants you to walk outside of that prison of offense. God wants you to be free. He wants you to realize that Time is just about wrapping up and life is a vapor. And life is too short to harbor stuff. We need to do good. Run away from evil. We got to work hard at this peace. We got to live in peace. Because if we can live in peace, then the God of love and the God of peace will come in. I don't know about you tonight, but I need that peace. I need the peace in my home. I need the peace in my marriage. I need the peace in my kid's life. I need the peace of God in this church. And I'm praying, God, whatever it is, I'm praying, God, you'd search our hearts. You'd search our spirits. God, we want to please you. We're not men pleasers, but we want to become God pleasers. And we're praying tonight. We're making a declaration tonight that we're going to live in peace. And we're going to take some steps on becoming a peacemaker. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? Would you raise your hands towards heaven? Could you lift your voice? And could you just pray a simple prayer? God, help me tonight. Help me to live in peace. Help me to walk in peace. Help me to love the way you love. Help me to forgive the way you forgive. Help me to give mercy the way you gave mercy to me. As I freely receive, I ought to freely give. Let a fresh baptism of peace fall in our lives tonight. Oh, lift up your voice. I feel the power of the Lord here.
I feel God in this building, in this place, in this atmosphere right now. God, help us tonight. Help us to live in peace. Help us, God, to make things right. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 God, I love you today. I love you, God, today. Nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, God. I know I've been hurt. I know I've been done wrong. I know I've been talked about. But God, you went through far more than I have ever faced. And if you could forgive this world, I ought to be able to forgive one another. Help me to love the way you love. Oh, God. Oh, I feel that tonight. I feel peace in this building tonight. I feel the love of the Lord in this house tonight. Love you, God, today. Love you, God, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. My uncle passed away about six months or a year, a year after my grandfather and him had that peace conference. My uncle passes away, his oldest son. And my grandfather called me. He said, hey, I just want to thank you for breaking it for me. I said, I knew nothing. I said, I just told you and you did the work. See what God does. God throws a rope of love and mercy. And it's up to us to grab a hold of this. This message tonight This has got to go home with you. This is homework. Where you take with you and you you take inventory of where you are in life. And if there is somebody that has hurt you, offended you, pick up the phone. Say, look, we hadn't talked in a long time. But I want to tell you I love you. And if I've ever done anything to you, I'm sorry. If you'll do that, God will dwell with you in peace. You say, well, Pastor, do do I have to go break bread with them? No, you don't have to break bread with them. But you do have to love them. And you do have to forgive them. And you got to walk in peace. Because if you can conquer this, you can conquer anything. God, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We don't want to be hearers only, but God, we want to be doers of the word. And I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice, even a live stream tonight. I'm praying, God, that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to live and dwell and walk in peace. Help us, God, to make things right. Help us learn to be quick to forgive and quick to love. 
We don't want to be quick to judge. But God, we want to be quick on giving mercy. Because one of these days we may need mercy. Help us, God, today. We want to please you. In Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord tonight? Amen. God bless you. Sunday is a healing day. It's going to be incredible. Whatever you need, you come with faith. God's going to do some great things. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.